It's the most common order of cognition. First fashion, then designer. Same here. I saw these pants and was hooked. My name is Johanna. Last name Schwab. I will be living in New York City for the next six months. As a lover of fashion and its invisible power, of words, voices and questioning, I had the idea to start a podcast. You will be getting a mix here. I'll put my soliloquies on record and do what I like the most. Talk to people whose work and thoughts I find inspiring. This podcast is called Refashion New York City. Imagine any pair of pants. Then turn them around. Focus on the back pockets. Now cut these out. Yes, you heard right. Fill them with plastic. Envision little curtains you put on the sides of the cutting. Now, if you want, think of some flowers to decorate the little windows. Isn't that neat? Yes, but it's more than that. And not the only interesting detail coming from the same maker. That's why I wanted to know who that person is that made these sticky peas. Her name is Martina Cox, former art student that got into fashion by taking a break from university and starting a second-hand shop out of her apartment. Love that story? I do. As I did enjoy talking to Martina, loved her honesty and the laughter we shared. Got two favorite lines from this conversation. First, Art and fashion should overlap as much as possible. Second, clothing is a bunch of support systems working in unison. The first time I saw Martina, as said within common order, was at the pop-up store of Coffee for God. I am constantly mispronouncing the name of that shop in the interview, sorry for that. But now Martina is the center of attention. We start with the wordplay. So the first word is wardrobe. Huge. <laughs> Confidence. Um, just one word. Yeah, how you want. I okay. guess it's, I can only think of corny responses. Style. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Basic. Um, classic. Style. Taste. Uh, DIY Creativity Must have um, Shoes Passion Obsession <laughs> Detail um, Intricacies Patchwork Collage It's so cheesy, but I, yeah, it's so fine. Yeah. You know, it's just like to, to yeah, just like, yeah, um. Move into another direction before we come to you. Yeah, it's so funny because all I can think about right now is how, like my like my idols, Diana Vreeland, and I just keep thinking how like if Diana Vreeland was answering them, she would do it so fabulously, and I'm jealous. Last, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's like that's tricky mainstream. Maybe misunderstood. Yeah, nice.
it's not about like that it has a truth or what you're yeah. saying just like yeah. you know yeah, my immediate reactions it's totally. just my, i guess i just because i talk so much my immediate reactions are like full sentences and anecdotes yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm not used to consolidating things into one word mm. i guess because i'm also not like the most well written person you know i don't write so much so i feel like my vocabulary is kind of stunted <laughs> <laughs> okay but we come to your anecdotes hopefully now maybe with the question i prepared um so yes i've seen you at um larry nyc mm -hmm. uh, as part of a talk um in the pop-up shop of cafe forget mm -hmm. and i knew your work from before so it was very nice to now know who's the designer really mm -hmm. because also from your photos i didn't you know no before tells, yeah, you know but, yeah. i didn't know who that is i get that a lot like oh you're martina yeah <laughs> I kind of love that. It's yeah. it, like so, it's so like classic modern day Instagram relationships. <laughs> totally. And it was funny before uh, I was waiting for half an hour maybe, and there were many uh, women alone going there to the talk, and they all had their Instagram before, you know, yeah. waiting for the talk. Oh, you really? know, like we're all Instagramming that. That I think was funny. Oh, wait, like Instagramming the shop or the event? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's, I mean, I like the relation the contrast in that shop because it's so based on it's like s such a like product or like a child of instagram but at the same time like what they do is like they're honing back to like a style of selling clothing and shopping that's like from i think inspired from like a different decade in new york where everything was very like i guess the the, the word has such a different meaning now but bohemian mm -hmm. yeah i feel like i love that word for other reasons i wish i thought of it before for one of those answers <laughs> but yeah. um Yes, I think a professor that I really like, really looked up to and admired um, at Cooper, she described my senior show as like, um, like a rare instance of like bohemian that doesn't happen as much in New York, which I thought was like really such a powerful, like amazing compliment to receive from her. And um, I think Cafe Forgot definitely parallels my work and the speed that things are like sold and the way things are sort of done. And um, But then it's Instagram. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so um, in that talk, what I remember best uh, was how you were describing your way from the art school into fashion. Mm -hmm. Something I can also relate to. Mm -hmm. And I would love um, uh, for you to tell it. Sure, I can do a better job now. I was so nervous. <laughs> But it was I was nice. so nervous. I was yeah. like, how do I make my voice stop shaking? <laughs> I'm really shy in certain situations, especially like that. It was my first time speaking in front of a group of people, but now I'm more comfortable to talk about it because it was such a shit show. <laughs> uh, I was like um, having a horrible time in art school. I went to a science high school and I got really into drawing, into graphic design, and I decided that I would apply to one art university and if I got it, I would go to it. And I did, thankfully. Um, and... I just didn't really, it wasn't, Cooper's very intellectual, it's very academic, and the work was very conceptual, and I thought, I think I was just like an infant in like, the terms of like, being an artist, and I f didn't really fit in, I felt very stupid there, I developed like, a horrible tick of like, turning bright red whenever I spoke, because I would feel like whatever I was saying was just dumb, <laughs> and I think that's like, a sad part of like, a school like that, where it's such an amazing school, and it There's like a really wonderful community that's formed, but like I felt so horrible in that school. 
And when I went to Utica, I felt very similar, actually. So there was a level of judgment you felt like, or a competition yeah, amongst I mean, the students. Yeah, I mean, of course, like... I wonder. I, of course, I wonder how much of that was imagined in my head. But then there were also times where, like, I had a critique once where I was like torn apart and I like ran out of the room crying, and um, I had like work that was sort of belittled in like terms that like critiques that are supposed to be constructive it like would sometimes become almost personal and that's when I knew I wasn't imagining it but I like just thought it was a weird loophole or something where everything else in the school seemed so supportive and so um against things like that happening that I just was always wondering how something like that could happen you know having other like women talk about my work as like um I think once I got the term Miley Cyrus feminism <laughs> Basically, I just was really uncomfortable and um, I, I think it was because a lot of the work I was making was very confused and I was making work that I felt like should be made in art school so it could be talked about, not like work that was coming from, you know, a place of honesty and I was just like, like, I don't think I was making very good work, I didn't know how to talk about it and that was definitely a product of it and so yeah. It's like a whole mix of things. I took a year off. I worked freelance for this photographer um, who's been a really good friend of mine for a while now. His name's Michael Dweck. He does like documentaries right now, but um, and during that time I started a vintage store. I ran it out of my house. <laughs> I love that story. Yeah. <laughs> like out of your apartment or? Literally out of my apartment. <clears throat> I bought a huge lot um, off Craigslist of vintage clothes. Uh, and got like all the clothing racks, got a huge lot of clothing hangers, um, and I would have it open on weekends. <laughs> <laughs> and how did you, um, I say that, advertise it? Like, or it was, was it already it was Instagram? In, it was or? in a huge loft space um, in Bushwick, so I would just put posters up all around because it was like five floors, like a, one of those huge buildings. And um, I would just keep the door open and play music out loud, like really loud out of it. Mm -hmm. So people like walking down the hallway would know that it was like open, like a place. And uh, it didn't do that well. It was just more fun for me to do. And then during the week, I would put it up online. Um, but I would ho have like a little events there and stuff. And um, I started putting everything online. And then I just started selling all all of it online. And I stopped the store because I wanted to go out on weekends. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I started putting everything online and then I just became pretty big with selling clothing online it was like I was so happy I was like wow I get to thrift for a living this is all I ever wanted because I love I've been thrifting clothing since I was like in middle school and um then I started like that's when I started altering clothes garments sometimes or like you know I'd be like oh this would be so much better if I added this to it and then This, like, this was, like, from January up until the end of the summer, and when school started coming around, I was like, I've been so happy selling clothing that, like, I just don't want to stop working with this. I want to try and turn this into my medium. And it just, like, segued very beautifully into, mm -hmm. <laughs> into my final year at Cooper, where I started making clothing, because while I was thrifting, I was always imagining things that I wanted, and so that's when I started making them. Yeah. So did you show you sh um, you've shown also like your fashion at the university like mm -hmm. when you went back to art school mm -hmm. so did like did the people perceive you different at that mm -hmm. time then yeah it was much and more. you changed too or? yeah I changed a lot I changed a lot for sure and um, I was making work that I was very proud of and it was much stronger <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, I still felt pretty awkward around school sometimes but it definitely felt a lot better because all of a sudden I was working in, from inside out this time it started to like I pr was projecting that and having that positive experience in the space you know it's very 
it is what you like it has so much to do with you internally like the space that you can make and the space that you can create in terms of having like a good experience versus a bad experience so yeah. it was really nice that my last year it was just on a like had found something I really enjoyed Mm-hmm. And I also like in the in another interview I read two things played a role in um, uh, moving into fashion too, which was your time in Berlin. Yes. <laughs> and also your grandma. Maybe you can yeah shine about, a light I don't on. Wanna, I don't want to talk about both of those situations. Okay, sorry. Like, <laughs> so maybe if, what do you want to do first that we can do the other ones oh, it's much just, later? I'm just joking. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Because uh, Berlin is hedonistic and like and my grandmother was like very girl. yeah very Catholic yeah. very strict very driven, um, yeah. so yeah totally. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I I just like I started clubbing a lot. I went to Berkheim a lot. Uh, I didn't like the all black thing. I thought that was so stupid. And I met my best friend there, and we were always like talking about how much we hated dressing in all black. And uh, at the same time, I also just started discovering um, one of my favorite artists. Thinking of taking one of his favorite looks and dressing up for Halloween in it, but I don't dress up for Halloween, so I don't know. I was just thinking if I would, I guess I would. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh, anyways, Lee Bowery is one of my favorite artists, and I had just watched his documentary around that time, and I was like blown away, and it just completely changed how I saw art and fashion functioning, and how it, it didn't necessarily, like those were two realms that should absolutely like overlap as much as possible mm -hmm. <laughs> um it was so life-changing for me and it makes me like like he's changed so many people's lives and so I just felt like proud to be one of those people mm -hmm. <laughs> um and so anyways yeah he like he really he took clubbing art like high so high society um uh like performance dance theater like he really just put it all under this like fat gaze of like clothing and fashion and um it was so beautiful and I was just like I just want to look like that at the club mm. <laughs> and I started like treating like I guess I started like calling like collaging like I saw like getting dressed as like you could like really collage things and like just like attach like inanimate objects to like something that you're wearing and it like I always loved having like little things that I could show and like or like play with or you know like I just have these like attachments to my outfits that made it feel like a collage but also were like very fun for me things like that or just taking like um like a piece of a strip like like scraps like fabric scraps and seeing how I could like wrap them around my body in ways that I thought was like nice compositionally and that was when I started being like oh I like how I'm thinking about this like I'm approaching this like how I would like a collage or a painting This was the summer before I was coming back to school and I was just like, wow, this this really feels like a studio practice. Like, I would love to just get dressed and, like, like get dressed up as, like, my piece. <laughs> yeah, but back to Berlin. Did the no, people... that, that, Sorry. Like, that was when I was partying in Berlin, for sure. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, like, getting dressed up for the parties is, like, what I was talking about, like, how I would take fabrics or toys and just sort of, like, attach them and, like, assemble, like, things that I saw as pieces, but they were on my body. When Martina told me about the collaging she did on her clothes, I was sure she got comments. And I was curious of what she thought they were. I've been weirdly lucky um, in terms of like the type of energies I attract in public. I've always just been approached for compliments. I've never really been like, like once I'm, me and my friend were talking about it in Berlin, um, how she says she gets approached by people all the time and they like, kind of attack her. Mm -hmm. 
and um, I was like, oh, I feel like I'm the total opposite. And like within that half hour, like someone complimented my jacket and someone called her like a fake punk. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I feel like some people attract different energies, like in terms of like strangers on yeah. the street in cities. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like so fortunate because I've totally noticed that I get a lot of like um, positive feedback from strangers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I've had very yeah. little neg- negative experiences with like looks I've worn in a club or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. Like, do you want to go from the club to grandma or should we talk about Café Forgot again? <laughs> Forget again? <laughs> it's fine. I can do that. Uh, yeah. So basically, I grew up going to Italy every summer. Um, Because your grandma is from Italy, or? Yeah, my mom's from Italy, actually. Wow, where exactly? Where um, so my mom was born in Florence. She was raised in Milan and Rome. So very, yes, just like, <laughs> yeah. I know. Nobody sees our eyes rolling, no? Yeah. 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 Uh, so very, very nice. Very, like, my grandmother was so classy and hard, hardworking. Um, she had, like, a red Fiat Cinquecento. I'm trying to think. Yeah, it just, like, had so much style. So much elegance and so much style. And she always smoked some slim cigarettes And she always had one, like, in the kitchen while she was listening to opera, like, cooking lunch at 9 a.m., or starting at 9 a.m. And um, I just was always just so taken aback by that. It's so different than any lifestyle I know, um, because New York City is, like, different for our age group. (laughs) But I just, like, love the romance of it. I really, it was, like, I guess when my, like, grandfather retired, he was an electrical engineer, um, and an inventor. He was working for Olivetti, which is also very classy. They had the best graphic design. Do you, have you ever seen their... their Like also cars? No, Olivetti no, did like no. typewriters. Okay, in I the have 60s. to look that up. Yeah, typewriters, okay. They had the most amazing graphic design. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, so that's why they lived in Rome and Milan, because he, he was based out of the Milan first, and then they moved to Rome. Um, and then once he retired, they moved like an hour north of Rome in the like t- like countryside area. And so, yeah, my grandmother would get up every day at, like, 5 a.m., and she would do, like, the laundry by hand, and then hang the laundry, and do, like, mending of clothes very early in the morning, and then I think around, like, 9 or 10, um, I would wake up and have milk and cookies for breakfast. It's, like, so unreal. Um, And then she would start cooking lunch around that time, and... That's, yeah, that's the scene I described with her, like, having her cigarette, like, always hanging from her mouth, like, playing opera in the background, and, yeah, it was just so dramatic and amazing, and her work ethic was something that I just have always been so taken aback by, and, like, so in admiration of, and she was very, very, like, religious and um, very Italian grandmother. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, her name was Luisa. Luisa, do you speak some Italian? Yeah, yeah. Do you speak Italian? Because yeah. like yeah. the way you pronounce sounds very oh, yeah. Italian for yeah. me. Oh, okay. And also, um, but she didn't teach you to sew. But like the uh, when you now uh, make clothes, you sometimes think of her. That's maybe oh, the yeah. or if like uh, she actually did. I used I used her old sewing machine a okay. lot. I had like the foot pedal. It was like very big and old. And I remember I was very into sewing for a little bit um, when I was in like when I was 12 mm-hmm. and so she would sort of sit me down and teach me some things and um but you know we were all like not like I was never scared of her but she was so strict that sometimes I kind of like I liked being nervous around her or something <laughs> and um yeah she was so talented like she would crochet like me these amazing pieces when I was a kid like dresses and um 
actually yeah just like I had some of the most beautiful crocheted dresses that she made me when I was a kid wow. yeah and so one fabric that she worked with a lot was like this like little rose patterned fabric and um it was funny I just like I made like a similar pattern um where I was like phallic roses but it's like they're really tiny mm -hmm. and in a pattern like on the you know I, I think I made like um some gloves with it and I had it printed and I included it in some pieces but anyways it's just funny because I had completely forgotten about the like g-rated version or I guess the original version uh until my mom saw the one that I made she's like oh this looks exactly like the fabric your grandmother worked with all the time and I had completely forgotten about it it was just like totally instinctual yeah <laughs> definitely buried in the archives of my memory and I just sort of like pulled it out I guess uh without really realizing it and when my mom, like, brought it up to me, I was just, like, kind of, I don't know, it was, it was a, a nice surprise, I guess. <laughs> totally. Yeah. 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 I love this moment. Yeah, yeah, it just made me feel like, I guess I was like, oh, I'm not that far off. <laughs> yeah. In some minutes, Martina will talk about her stubbornness. And listening to the record, I realize how stubborn I am, too. I just cut off her family stories to talk about my personal interest in comparing New York and Berlin. Could you, is, or is there something, when you were in Berlin for, for a year, you said, or? It was confusing. I did a year abroad yeah. at Utica. Yeah. And then I came, I moved there last year. I thought I was going to live there permanently. Okay, wow. So and how, like, how would you describe the, the difference of the vibes in New York and Berlin? Is there something like, because I'm sure when you went there, you felt like, okay, that's, it's different somehow than New York, and what was, which were the uh, um, points? Everyone here works so much more. Mm -hmm. That the pressure for the no the, offense the to rents. Berlin. <laughs> That's true. No, no. Not even that though. I don't even know if it's the pressure of the rent. Like I, as soon as I moved back here, I got so many requests for, for collaborations, for participating in shoots, for like it was so much more like high. I guess you could call it, like, high-strung energy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, not just, like, high energy. It's, like, very high-strung. Like, yeah. you know, not necessarily a good thing, mm -hmm. but a lot at once. And it was just crazy coming from Berlin where everything just seems so, like, in some sort of, like, lazy... Not lazy, I don't want to use that word. Uh, more, like, in a daze or, like... Like, everything's very pretty and, like, relaxed. And it also is a great way to produce work, but it's, like, not... It's not, like, um like amped up or something mm -hmm. yeah yeah but why did you come back do you want to talk about that or oh yeah I, I mean I guess I like I broke up with uh my partner in April and I it just made so much sense because I was sending all my clothes here mm -hmm. I was sending all my clothes here I was trying to organize things with Cafe Forgot from Germany and it was a nightmare yeah 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 I don't know I really loved Berlin but I just saw like myself thriving more here mm -hmm. even though I really just wanted to live you know I was so set on living there and I really was stubborn about it but it just I knew that like I, I'm always like stubborn until like I give in and then it's just like like a light switch or something mm -hmm. and so I did it I moved back here and um I definitely don't regret it as much as I love Berlin like I want to like organize my life so that I can go there you know at least once a year or something but um because I have so many close friends there as well but I um It was a really good decision to come back here. You know, like, being in this spa space, having my own studio, and being around these people has been amazing. Yeah. But, yeah, I worked as a receptionist at a hair salon last year. 
I was at the hair salon. Funny because I thought like a receptionist, I always think of hotel. Yeah. But like, yeah. yeah. So the hair salon, I love So it. that's why you, you was, uh, I was wondering why you can't speak German so well because I'm sure like in a hotel it would be much more international people. But right. in a hair salon, yeah. I'm sure you would have I, to answer the, I didn't speak German like on my first week. Yes. <laughs> I would like answer the phone so nervous. Yeah. I would have like a script like I wrote out nice. in front of me. And like if anyone asked a not normal question, I... I wouldn't know, and I would just give them my script. <laughs> and then they would be like, start speaking in English. It's <laughs> also nice. That's a not normal question. It just means like I cannot answer it in mm -hmm. German. or I cannot understand it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice. Um, yes, and also, since I'm also a fan of thrifting, yes. I was wondering if you can tell me something, something about the fascination that, you know, that thrifting has for you. You know? Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's, I think yeah. I was like blown away by how cheap it was when I was younger because I was like in middle school. So um, when I graduated from spending all my allowance money on kid robot vinyl toys, I would um, start going to thrift stores and I had like a fashion blog when I was like 12 wow. or 13. And um, that's when I started thrifting a lot because I wanted to always like make new outfits. And, um, and we had... Yeah, we would go to Long Island sometimes, like in the summer, and there was a thrift store there. It was just everything was so cheap, so like I was like, why would anyone shop anywhere else? Yeah, and um, um, I guess it just sort of like has always been a huge part of my, my life. I just like have never, I'm never like struck by clothing like when it's like in a store, like store setting where there's so many of each one and like all in different sizes. It just feels like it's hard for me to focus on mm. it or something which sounds weird i just like having one piece only that you yeah. have like access to in a store but did you ever prefer like a, um, a special time where you're like focusing on 70s clothes and winter oh yeah or, of course, yeah yeah was yeah. it 70s or 80s i loved 70s for sure <laughs> loved 90s um i think in high school like the you know did you ever see the movie poison ivy no, there's so much I have to do now. Oh, maybe I'm, it's no. kind of a creepy movie actually because <clears throat> okay. it's like really young um, Drew Barrymore having like an affair with like I forget the actor's name. But it's kind of gross, but mm -hmm. I just like was so obsessed with <clears throat> Drew Barrymore's style that was like my inspo for like a lot of high school like very nineties like de like light wash denim and like lipstick and very like I guess nineties like. Catholic, Drew Barrymore is seductive, like a whole package mm. of that. And so that was really good for the day. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> nice. Um, okay, so I wanted to come back to Coffee Forget. Mm -hmm. um, they now distribute your fashion or and um, I read that they found you through Instagram. Mm -hmm. So did they ever tell you how exactly they found you? Like, was it through hashtags or? Uh, no, I think it was through my senior thesis exhibition, oh. uh, which I have on my website actually. Um, the title was "Pay No Attention to That Man Behind the Curtain," which is a line from The Wizard of Oz. But um, uh, that was the show that I had in April two thousand eighteen, mm -hmm. and um, I remember my friend Juan was having his show in the basement. Uh, nails by Juan. He does a lot of the nail art for um, so many different. He's done so much in the past year. It's amazing. He's really like 
flourished. Oh, when uh, seen it yeah, I'm sure you've seen some of his work. He's done a lot of stuff for music videos and different musicians and performances and photo shoots. But um, yeah, his nail art is like just sickening. Um, and so he had his show in the basement, and so there was like so many of our friends, like mutual friends, were there, and um, I think he also had like some connections to this magazine that were there, and so they saw my show as well, and so it was like a lot of people put po like posted the show on um, social media. It got, yeah. yeah, I think a Dis magazine had um, some photos up on their Instagram as well. So that's also how it, because I was wondering if the viral hit started with like the uh, collaboration with Café Forgot, but somehow already through your first show. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't or, viral. I think the most viral thing that or, happened was like over the summer with those pants. Mm -hmm. um, but that was how I guess it was like the first time that my clothing was like really being put online because I was always just posting like in my studio whenever I liked something. Mm. It, I didn't take it as like serious. It was like more like documentation processes. But then after the show, it was like my work was like out for like, pub it was like, you know, public consumption of it or something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like people that I didn't know and not my parents or yep. friends <laughs> or sister. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wrote something down about that uh, pants. Um, Because I like them, I like I like them very much, um, mm -hmm. and I just want to read it that it's like that I don't confuse it. Um, so the pants we were talking about are like you cut out the back pockets mm -hmm. and then you replace them with plastic, mm -hmm. and then they look like they start to look like a little window, and then you put little curtains on the sides maybe, and sometimes also mm -hmm. little flowers. Mm -hmm. And what I love about them is also. You know, you can talk about them. You can get uh, be very precise and not like only, oh, that's so cute. And, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. I love how um, the picture, yeah, how easy it is to describe. Yeah. And yet uh, it has a, it has a feel that is not describable. It's just beautiful too, you. you know. Yeah, I think maybe it, ha it like satisfies like both ends of like fine art viewers or something, you know, people yeah. that don't necessarily like have to... Like, you know, when people feel intimidated by looking at a piece of art and, like, don't know how to talk about it, yeah. I think it lends itself to being easily talked about or something, which is how I wish... Like, because I... Yeah, I guess maybe it's, like, a reflection of how sometimes people's work... Like, I feel uncomfortable, like, with not knowing how to maybe navigate it or uh, navigate around it since, like I said, I'm not sometimes the best with, like, describing how I feel, like, into words or... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and... I think, yeah, but at the same time, there is so much loaded imagery and messages in it. Uh, obviously, it, was like, it wasn't like intentional. Martina further says she is not a super genius that has planned on the great success the pants became. She was surprised too. I think just sort of like a nice surprise, like when I was able to stand back and look at it. But then I think that's also why it got so viral and it felt like unfair because it It's not just that, you know, it's not just mm. like a funny, it's not a joke or like a funny pair of pants. I mean, yeah. it is, but it also isn't. And it felt like so many viewers just got one side of that. But you know what I was, I also wrote down, like, it's a funny comment about what fashion is in general about, because it's about hiding and showing. Mm -hmm. So, but it makes like, then it, it's not a short, for me, it's not a short joke or something like, mm -hmm. you know, but mm -hmm. it's, it really, uh, yeah, made me think about like, what is fashion, you know? And, um, yeah, that's something that I love about it. It's like, like the power you can have or not have based on what you're showing or not showing or covering yeah. or not covering, especially when it comes to like a femme body. Mm -hmm. Totally. 
Martina also installed little windows on sweaters in front of the breast. Here the curtains become very real. With a little cord you can lift or lower the fabric. Show or hide the boobs. She is now going to tell me how she showed such a sweater in art school for the first time. She liked it, even when something happened she didn't intend. I think that was actually kind of a beautiful moment. I was first showing one of my window sweaters in class at a critique. I was so nervous um, because, like, the... Yeah, I was, like, wearing underwear with, like, the little men attached to them, and I was wearing one of my sweaters that had my left boob out, and... Um, with the curtains and the flower box and I just got so nervous when I took off the robe and was standing in front of the class that I just my body temperature rose so much that the window got fogged wow yeah wow because and yeah. like my nerves like censored yeah, yeah 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 totally <laughs> it was like very unintentional but like it It was great, yeah. Just yeah. Made me, it made me really happy. <laughs> yeah. So how was the reaction then? I'm sure, like, the people... Um, it, I think it was brought up, but, like, because we were in a critique setting, we were just mm. trying to move on and talk about things and maybe not address that I was, like, shaking and my mm -hmm. face was red and I was clearly sweating a lot. Pretending <laughs> to be very academic about it or... Yeah, yeah or like, just, like, you know, I'm a human, so yeah. I can't control certain things. <laughs> totally. Then I wanted to know how that feels, to have this huge recognition on Instagram. She says it's a mix. And it's still very fresh and therefore not easy to talk about it. She is afraid that her work is now reduced to the window pieces. But there is definitely a good side to it too. But uh, but then also it, it did give my work such a platform. Like it, it, So many people did find me through those pans. And I guess that's the more positive way to look at it. That despite that like there were so many people that maybe just saw this as like a one, you know, like click beta, like, mm. or click bait. <laughs> Clickbait is nice, but not yeah. what, what I meant. <laughs> no, no. Clickbait, like, you know, like, yeah. it's just like you like it, you yeah. get it, you move onto yeah. your newsfeed, you know? It's like so saturated with that feeling, which mm. is maybe where that's coming from. But then when I remove that and I think about like the appreciation posts and the messages that I've gotten, the people that have told me that they like, I re-interested their, like re-sparked their interest in fashion or younger girls in high school that are like, I really just didn't, like I bought a sewing, or like I brought my sewing machine back out and things like that, I think is just like, that is such a beautiful product of that. And that's the good side of Instagram yeah. <laughs> uh, and, yeah. and I also was like able to start supporting myself a little bit more on my um, own work because I was getting these requests it's still very hard to buy pieces for me I think because you have to email me what you want mm -hmm. <laughs> but I think I want to change that because I would like to support myself on I would love to be exclusive and elusive like that but I can't afford to <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to t if you want to talk uh, about details I, I've seen like uh, more um I say that an earlier post where you said like time for details and I was wondering if um, like detail is something you you feel is important for you and yeah. why yeah I get like super manic about it like mm -hmm. I just get really like it's like um like when you like get your you, when you dig yourself into a hole deeper and deeper I can do that in the details of a piece and I it's like something like that I like get take pleasure out of <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah um like in terms of like having you know like that fabric I use um with the cowboys the topless cowboys you know like lining up a piece so that like I'll have like his eyes peeking out of like a seam 
in like the shoulder or something, mm-hmm. you know, like things like that. It's, it's why I spend like way too many hours on my work, and sometimes I don't really get paid necessarily for mm-hmm. the, my pieces based on the time I go into it. But I can't change my being. <laughs> yeah, uh, I try and think another example of details, but um, yeah, painting tiny flower print, floral prints. I love painting floral prints because it's so tedious. <laughs> Now we are going to talk about another important detail in Martina's work. She calls them clingy men. I needed some time to get used to them, but now I think it's one of the most inventive things I've seen in the fashion of our days. But what is it I am talking about? It's little sculptures she molds by hand and attaches to clothing. They can replace suspenders or try to climb up one of the bespoken windows, to name only some of their appearances. What I like about your work, it somehow makes me think about stuff I never thought I'd think about before, you know? Like, like the I'm, term, yeah. Yeah, and also I felt like they could be also seen as the embodiment of desire, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, because they try to, you mm-hmm. know, climb the mm-hmm. clothes mm-hmm. and it's... That it's yeah. again a fashion comment, and then and it also has to do with like support systems as well. Because when yeah. I just remember like having my mind blown when I started working with clothing as a medium, and I was trying to write about it. Like I said, I don't write a lot, so um, it was one of those times, and I was like, oh my gosh, like it was like one of those times where I was like, I should write more because you just discover more about yourself. But um, yeah, like clothing is a bunch of support systems working in unison, like like. Um, straps, straps, like clasps, like they're all di- like mm-hmm. they're supporting each other, and I just like all of a sudden those ideas of like support and um, like that like reaching and desire, but like in conversation with a body was what excited me about it most, and what like sparked that practice and interest, and like yeah, making them is a lot. Yeah, that's amazing because I felt like I had to get used to them. At first I was like, what's that, you know? Yeah. And I and then I start to like them. Like, sometimes I have that with songs that you feel like, do I like that song? I don't know. And then you listen to it all more often. Like, it's the same happened to me. Like, just <clears throat> getting used to them. Mm. Yeah, they're kind of irksome. Yeah. <laughs> But then you... Then there's a point where you start to love them. I think, like, really, <laughs> oh, yeah. I, really I have cool great relationships with them. <laughs> <laughs> But you describe them as men. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, even though they're so like androgynous and like yeah. sexless, yeah. Um, I don't know why. And um, so, also uh, coming back, you are a painter too. Um, okay. I used to do a lot of painting. Yeah. Um, a lot of like abstract painting. I just really liked how male dominated it was. Yeah, and I liked that. Like, I just thought it was so funny the idea that people called like abstract expressionism or like you know something like Jackson Pollock is like 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 using like their like it's like compared to the analogy of like ejaculating on a painting Mm. and I just thought it was like I just thought that was like the funniest image ever and then I just like I just liked the idea of doing it I guess more than I did I don't know I, I was very passionate about it for like a year but I was thinking of turning some of those paintings into clothes soon yeah nice because I have them rolled up on canvases yeah yeah And I was also asking you because I was wondering if there's a special fascination for somehow European art because on your website you're like having this Bosch mm-hmm. uh, pants and Bali well, export. Surrealism is really what I just started working with the most because I remember seeing some work that like 
Dali made and some work that Dali made with Elsa Schiaparelli. Mm -hmm. And, like, I just really started to um, love the conversation that was happening with surrealism and surrealist artists in the early 20th century, like, and fashion. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's where a lot of my work starts to stem from. And Bosch is, like, considered grandfather of surrealism. So it just felt more like an homage to him in terms of me, like, wanting to hone into, like, surrealist artists. And they're, like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So that was one part. But also, like, this uh, 60s feminism, like, also the, the topic of... Um, empowerment of applied arts mm -hmm. and, oh, like and my, women you know like my email is um yes yeah yeah my email, genital panic yeah that's the name of a piece one of my one of my favorite pieces um yeah from the artist valley export who has like had a huge influence on like me working with like or like the way that i look at making work involving the femme body like in a fine art practice mm -hmm. Um, yeah, like one of her pieces, uh, Tap and Touch Cinema. I love that one so much. Mm -hmm. She's like wearing, just to describe, she's wearing like a theater over her chest and she stands in Berlin in like the 60s and she invites anyone to come and touch her boobs mm -hmm. for 10 seconds. You like, it's like a contraption so that you can't see her boobs, but you can like put, it's like a, th like a curtained box. So you put your hands in and you can touch her boobs for 10 seconds. And there's a video of her doing it and it's like so empowering and so creepy and so like... Uh, like also she's so vulnerable too but like her face during the whole thing is just incredible mm. <laughs> yeah and and a little detail I like that because in your signature or for the males you you explain why you took that oh, as yeah, an like, email yeah because I don't want people to think that it's my like, totally yeah. that's one part of it but the other part is like I, I think it's a nice idea it's a nice um, oh it's nice a great way to little. share totally. it's like yeah I'm like sharing you know? artwork without people even asking <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah yeah, um, and also context for your work and um, mm -hmm. yeah, I think yeah, approaches. for sure. I yeah. yeah, I I hope it's okay that I did that, but I think it's fine. <laughs> I think so. Like the way you did it was fine. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. My, my throat is starting to hurt. Yes, and I'm I'm okay. You know, like got a lot of stuff. That's I got a lot of stuff. Thank you so much. Um, and I think I'm actually working now on having another exhibition soon because amazing. Yeah. When I, will it be? You know that already? No, I don't. I really okay. don't. But I really, like, miss having... Like, I want to have a practice that's not just me sending everything I own out. I want to have, like... I, it's a really new method of working that I'm not used to, but I was thinking of having another exhibition where it's more, like, uh, in a space and it's not just about fashion-y, fashion side of fashion things. Yeah. <laughs> but can you imagine ha having a mix that people have your clothes on and also, like, presenting them in a... Yeah, I hope to work with, like, different... Dan like, I hope to work in performance or dance a little bit also mm -hmm. in the future. Cool. But, yeah, so when I have more information about that, I will let you know. <laughs> yeah, that will be cool. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Yes, thank you. Okay.